Well, hello, Grace Church. My name is Brandon, and I am the pastor at Grace Church in West Bridgewater, and I am so excited to be here. It looks a little different, right? Yeah, so we're actually starting a brand new series this week called At The Movie. So I'm standing in a movie theater. And one of the reasons that we do this is every single week at Grace Church, we love to use stories to to communicate the truth that we find in the Bible. And this is something Jesus actually did in his own ministry as well. And in this series, we're going to take some popular movies and we're going to use them to help illustrate some biblical truths that we find in God's word. And today I'm super excited because we're going to be kicking off this series by looking at one of my favorite movies of all time. That movie is What About Bob? Some of you probably guessed that just based on my incredible shirt that is based on Bob Wiley's in the movie. And if you have not seen this movie yet, go and watch it. It is incredible. But just to kind of summarize the movie for you, before going on vacation, self-involved psychiatrist Dr. Leo Marvin, who's played by Richard Dreyfus has the misfortune of taking on a new patient, and that patient's name is Bob Wiley. And Bob Wiley's played by Bill Murray, who is an exemplar of neediness, and he's full of many different kinds of phobias. And after meeting Dr. Marvin and learning that he's going on vacation, Bob Wiley follows him to his family's lake house on none other than Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire, which, side note, one of the most beautiful places on this earth. And Dr. Marvin tries to get him to leave. He begs him to leave. But the problem is everybody loves Bob. Everybody wants Bob around. And so as Bob makes himself at home and makes himself more a part of Dr. Marvin's family, Dr. Marvin starts to lose a little bit of his professionalism. And before long, he might be in need of a psychiatrist himself. And I think for so many of us, just like Dr. Marvin, this summer is a time for vacation, right? It's a time for us to relax. It's a time for us to get away. We love going to the Cape. We love going to Maine. We love going to New Hampshire. Maybe you even get a little adventurous and you head up to Vermont. I know that's a stretch, but maybe you even head up to Vermont because the kids are on summer break, right? And all we want to do is we want to slow down. We want to relax. We want a vacation. Well, what if I told you that our life is not meant to be lived at 100 miles per hour, seven days a week, 365 days a year? What if I told you that God actually gives us a command in the Bible that we need to stop? We need to rest. We need to reset, not every few months, but every single week. And today we're going to be looking at the life-changing practice of what's called Sabbath. Something that so many of us were so quick to forget about. But before we dive into what Sabbath is, let's, let's talk about Exodus chapter 20 verses 8 to 11. And this gives us kind of a general definition. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy for you have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And on that day, no one in your household may do any work. 
This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. See, this word Sabbath here in the Jewish context, it translates literally to stop. It translates to stop. This isn't a practice that millennials just created because they needed a break. This is something that we find all the way back to when God created the heavens and the earth. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, God rested on the seventh day. Six days he worked, one day he rested. He stopped. He created space to rest. And not only that, but God blessed the Sabbath. He blessed that day of rest. So why did God do this? Why did God rest and then tell all of us that we should do the same? This leads me to my first point, which is rest and Sabbath restore us. Rest and Sabbath restore us. It's been a long week and you're tired and the kids have sports. Maybe you have groceries that you need to pick up. Maybe your boss is on you for a deadline that you have to meet. You have to finish this thing by this deadline. And then all of a sudden God says we're supposed to just stop. We're supposed to just stop and we, we carry around all of these weights, these things that just hold us back, that hold us down, that tire us out, that leave us feeling exhausted and empty. But in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, Jesus gives us the answer to this weight. Jesus gives us the answer to these problems. And this is what he says. Then Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. What a promise that is. Jesus goes on, verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What a promise. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you It's not heavy, it's light. Jesus is offering us something that takes that weight off. Jesus is offering us restoration. Jesus is offering us rest, and yet so often we're too busy for this. We have too much going on to stop and trade that heavy burden for Jesus's light burden. See, what I don't think Jesus is saying is give me your burden for an hour on Sunday and you're going to feel so much better. I don't think Jesus is saying just read your Bible maybe 10 minutes on Saturday and that'll take care of that whole weight that you feel. No, Jesus is inviting us and talking about something so different. Jesus is letting us know you're trying to carry too much. You're trying to do too much. He's saying, stop. Stop. Learn from me. I will give you rest. I will give you Sabbath. I will restore you. 
See, Sabbath at its core isn't just a command. It's a promise that when we rest, God will restore us. And see, when we rest, but we don't rest in God, we rest in other things. When we don't rest in God, it's more like hitting the snooze button on the weight that we're carrying. And if we're being honest, anytime we hit the snooze button, when we wake up, we feel more tired. Why is the snooze button even a thing, by the way? I don't understand whoever created that. See, having a Sabbath or a day to stop, it's not just about pausing your life. It's not about escaping your life. It's about restoring your life with Jesus. It's a reminder that Jesus comes first, that he will restore us when we're broken. He will restore us when we're feeling depleted. He will restore us when we're feeling empty. He promises us that he will carry our heavy burdens, that he will give us peace when we have none. When we give God a day each and every week to be restored and rest in who he is, we're reminded that even our time, it's not our own, it's a gift from him. And on our day of rest, on our day of Sabbath, on a Monday, maybe a Wednesday, every minute of every day, we should be using that time to further God's kingdom and invite him more into our lives but we're busy. We're busy. And so often, life invades our rest. Life invades our rest. There's this awesome scene in the movie, What About Bob? Where Dr. Marvin is with his family. They're up at Lake Winnipesaukee and they're doing the family things, right? They just, they got to their lake house. Now they're going to the grocery store and they're picking up their groceries for the next couple weeks of vacation. And everybody's happy. Everybody's smiling. Dr. Marvin is living his best life. And then all of the sudden off screen, we hear Dr. Leo Marvin. And sure enough, Dr. Marvin looks in the parking lot and Bob Wiley has found him. He's, he's traveled all the way from New York and found Dr. Marvin's vacation spot on Lake Winnipesaukee. And Dr. Marvin runs up to him and he tells him, you cannot stay here, Bob. This is so inappropriate that you've invaded my vacation. And Bob responds, he says, gimme, 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 I need, I need. And what does Dr. Marvin do? He gives in. He gives in. And maybe you know the feeling. These distractions that we have, we go on vacation. Maybe you even have a day of rest and we pay all this money for vacations and we get a great place and we come back and we're saying, man, I just need a vacation from my vacation. Why? Well, because the whole time we were there, we didn't turn our phone off. The whole time we were there, we brought our laptop just so we could check emails once a day. The whole time we were there, these things, these distractions are begging us saying, give me, give me, give me, I need, I need. And before we know it, we've given in. Wayne Muller, who's an author and done a lot of research on rest 
and, and distractions, he found that every single day, you and I are exposed to 4,000 ads. Every single day, you and I are exposed to 4,000 different ads, 4,000 different things that want our attention, that want our focus, that want our money, that want everything we have. And so we try to relax. Maybe we even try to spend time with Jesus and yet life distracts us while we're reading our Bible, our phone sitting to the side and it's vibrating every 10 seconds and we're distracted. And this very thing actually happened in the Bible. There's an incredible story in Luke chapter 10 where we see these distractions keeping somebody from spending time with God. In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 40, it says this. And as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Martha, Martha, Martha. She's missed the whole point of Jesus being there. See, it wasn't for the grand feast. It wasn't for that big dinner. Jesus was there to spend time with her. But Martha only saw the work to be done. She was so distracted. Listen, there will always be another email that you can respond to. There will always be another push notification on our phone or on our watch. Kids' laundry will always need to be done. We know that never stops. There will always be groceries that we need to go buy. The myth is that you will be able to catch up. The truth is you will never be able to be caught up. There's always more to do. And if we try, if we never stop, or take a day, or find time to rest, you will not last. I will not last. We will burn out. Martha became so busy with the details that she let them distract her from Jesus who was sitting in the very room she was in. She let it distract her from Jesus wanting to spend time with her. And when we lack rest, when we are not taking time to stop, it will start to negatively affect our relationships with other. We see Martha getting frustra frustrated with Mary. It will start to uh, affect our relationships with others and our relationship with God. Our busyness will start to keep us away from people our families, our friends, it begins to keep us away from spending time in prayer and reading God's word. It's so easy for us to forget that God created us not just to work, but to stop and rest with him. 
which I think that's why in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, God says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. See, God knows it's super easy for us to forget. And so he says, remember to stop. Remember to rest because life is busy. Life will invade our rest. So stop and remember. So how do we do this? What does it look like for us to find true rest and Sabbath? We need to create a habit of Sabbath. That's what we need to do. We need to create a habit of Sabbath. See, life is busy and there will always be distractions. There's a scene in What About Bob where Dr. Marvin has, he's been interviewed by Good Morning America. He's released this groundbreaking psychiatry book and He's being interviewed and what happens in that interview is they end up interviewing Bob Wiley too. And Bob Wiley kind of steals Dr. Marvin's thunder. And he gets so frustrated and he he says, I'm kicking you out, Bob. I'm kicking you out of my home. And he kicks him out of his house and his family's like, but what about Bob? We love Bob. We want Bob here. And Dr. Marvin, he responds. He says, that's the point. He's never truly gone. And he opens the door back up and sure enough, Bob is standing there and he goes, is this some sort of new therapy I don't know about? Bob never left. He didn't go anywhere. And distractions, they are a part of our life. We can't escape those 4,000 ads unless we go live in some random cabin in Vermont maybe We can't escape these things. We all have work. We have kids. We have youth sports. We have meetings and families and life can get busy. But what God is offering us is rest. He's offering us something that relieves that pressure of life. He's offering us something that relieves that stress, something that restores us and fills us back up, something that keeps us safe. Growing up in Maine, um, most people, if they wanted a go-kart, they'd go to the store, right? A little go-kart to drive around in. They'd go to the store, they'd buy one. Well, in Maine, that's not what we do. My grandfather found out that I wanted a go-kart, so we went out to his garage. He found a bunch of scrap metal and an old lawnmower engine, and he built me a go-kart. Okay, that's how we roll in Maine. But my dad, being smart, knows that I like to go fast. So what he did was he helped my grandfather install what's called a governor on that engine. A governor is something that keeps an engine going too fast. So if the engine can actually go 20 miles an hour, that governor only allows it to go 10 miles an hour. And my dad installed that on that engine because he knew if I could go 20 miles an hour, I would hurt myself, which trust me, I would have tried to go 20 miles an hour. But he installed this governor to keep me safe. And the rest that God is inviting us into, it's almost like a governor on our life that keeps us safe. It's for our benefit. Mark chapter two, verse 27, Jesus says this, Then Jesus, talking to the Pharisees, said the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. This day of rest, this Sabbath, it meets our needs. It recharges us. 
So we need to create a habit of making it in every part of our week. But if we want to truly rest and find restoration, what makes all of this work is spending time with God. If you remember our story about Martha and Mary, listen to how Jesus responds to Mary. He says, But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. See, Jesus is letting Martha know, listen, there are a lot of things that need to be done. There's always distractions. There's always busyness, but you need to stop. You need to stop. You need to rest. Come to me and I will fill you back up. It's an invitation that we're being given. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 to 11, it says this. So there is a special rest, a Sabbath, still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, but just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. This isn't a rest that should just be filled with Netflix or naps or ice cream sundaes. While all of those things are amazing and you can do them, we're missing the point if that's all we're doing. Because our day of rest, our Sabbath, should primarily be filled with time spent with God because it's a reminder for us to keep God in the driver's seat, even when it comes to our time. It's a reminder for us that we need to stop. We need to pray. We need to spend time reading God's word. We need to worship. We need to spend time with our Father in heaven. And we need this every week. We need a full day to stop and be restored because life is busy. Because we do get tired. And because Jesus tells us that we can give him all of our heavy burdens and he will give us rest. So how can we apply this to our lives? Well, the first thing I would challenge you to do is to create the habit of Sabbath and rest in your life. Put it on your calendar. Literally, mark it on your calendar so that when Friday comes up, you know Friday I'm resting, Saturday I'm resting. So for my wife Allie and I, our, our day of Sabbath is actually Friday night to Saturday night. As soon as my wife gets off work Friday night, we do a little ritual where we're ordering some food, we're watching a movie, we're relaxing, and that continues all the way until Saturday afternoon. If you need me for work, Sorry, unless it's an emergency, I'm not available because that is my time with my family and my time with God to rest and recharge. I'm not taking calls, I'm not doing work, and I'm trying to be on my phone, which sucks the life out of us, as little as possible. For those of you with kids, I've seen families that make it an incredibly fun 
event. They kick off their Sabbath or their day of rest. They do like an ice cream kickoff or they order some pizzas. And then the whole day, they're just spending it together, relaxing, going to a park, enjoying time with their family. And then they end it by praying together or reading some stories from the Bible together. See, parents, I want to talk to you really quick because you're the ones that are setting the pace for your kids. You're setting the pace for your kids. Are you showing them what it looks like not only to work hard, but how to rest and Sabbath with God? And that might mean that you have to sacrifice some sports. It might mean you have to change the day that you get groceries. It might mean that you have to clear an entire 24-hour period of work. It takes sacrifice, but I promise you, it's worth it. I promise you, your kids will thank you. The second way that we can apply this is, listen, we just need to start small, I think. Maybe one night a week, you're creating space for you and God. You're clearing everything off your calendars. You're saying, Monday night, I'm going to start spending time with God. This is going to be my time to rest, relax, recharge, and recover with God. Maybe it's a morning a week where you just start slow. You get your coffee, you sit down, you spend time with God. Maybe it's Saturday from 12 to 6 p.m. and that's your time with your family and God. Maybe, just maybe, this radical idea, you just turn your phone off for a couple of nights and instead of scrolling Instagram, you spend time praying You spend time reading God's word. Now listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus right now and you're thinking to yourself, I'm exhausted, I'm burnt out, I'm I'm feeling empty and I want what you are talking about. I'm telling you right now that you can have it. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary, all who are weary. That includes you And then the Bible also tells us that anyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That includes you. So I don't care where you're at in your spiritual journey. God will give you rest today, but you have to surrender to him. You have to stop trying to do it on your own. You have to give your life and go all in on Jesus. You can turn from your sins, your your disobedience towards God and your selfishness towards others. You can give all of that to him today and he will save you. He's waiting for you. No matter where you're at today, life is going to try to invade your rest. Just like Bob Wiley invaded Dr. Marvin's vacation. God is waiting to give you rest. And all you have to do is find it in him. Let's pray together. God, we are asking you for help. God, we're tired. We're empty. We're exhausted. God, life is, it's so busy. God, we're asking you to help us. God, we're today we're we're offering you our heavy burdens, God, and we're asking you to give us that light burden. We're asking you to give us rest. 
God, we thank you for the gift of rest. God, we thank you for, for helping us, for restoring us. God, when we are weary, when we are tired, when we are broken down, God, you give us rest and we thank you for that. I pray for the people, God, that right now are listening, that are tired, that are exhausted. God, I pray that they would stop trying to fight you. God, they would stop trying to do it themselves and instead they would surrender their lives to you. God, that is the only way we're able to find true rest. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago, God, so that we can find rest in you. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.